Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Think of you, I listen to it for a minute, but then I change. A very good afternoon to you, our cherished listeners and viewers also. It's always super exciting to come your way every Wednesday with your favorite business development program on Radio Masterclass. Masterclass is powered by Joy Business and brought to us by Goyle. Goyle, they say good energy. Goyle, Yenara, Yedia. Masterclass is also brought to us by First Code Management Services. They say industry, get it right. Masterclass comes your way every Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. at 1.15 p.m. and runs all the way to 2.30 p.m. here on the Superstation Joy 99.7. My name, as always, is Yabanafo, and I will be your host for the show today. And so in the last couple of weeks, the conversation here has focused on corporate governance and business compliance. Here in that conversation, we were privileged to spend time here in the studio with Richard Edudako, who is, I almost said who was, who is the head of legal at First Code Management Services. They came here on the show 
just remind us also that First Code Management Services make us make it possible for us to bring you masterclass every Wednesday. And so it was a privilege to have them here with us in the studio and also have them here again with us today as I'll be introducing the resource person for today shortly. In that conversation, he emphasized some of the very critical things that we need to know as business owners. You know, sometimes we set up our businesses as sole proprietorships, as companies limited by shares or limited by guarantee. But we do things in a way that necessarily does not conform with the position of the law and of authority. And yesterday I was listening to a conversation that that said that, you know, um, sometime when a business conversation was taking place, it was said that there's no law that is asleep on our books. There's no law that is asleep on our books. It's only when you fall foul of that law and it's activated, that's when you realize that there are laws. And so if you're a company limited by, by, by shares or by guarantee, the way you do your business clearly must differ and conform to the laws of the country. And he went on to talk about having a company secretary, having a board in place, having a management, and you being the owner of the business, not necessarily having to be on the board. In fact, one of the things he, he said that stuck with me was the fact that members of boards today not only have responsibility, you know, for the company alone, but they have vicarious liability also, which meant that their very persons were also at risk if they made decisions that brought the company into disrepute. Today, we continue in that line of conversation, but we want to focus a bit more on the money aspect of the conversation. Obviously, people go into business for different reasons. People go into the business to solve problems, um, to satisfy a certain need, to follow a family tradition, but primarily... About 70% of people go into business to make a profit, to make some money. And so we're going to be looking at making money. In the last two days, there has been a conference in the city of Accra, which is the Ghana CEO Summit. And many conversations have been held about how to better our economy as Africa, as Ghana, as a people. The Africa Free Trade Continental Area conversation has also started in this respect. And all of these conversations is to help our businesses become better. How can you do better than you are doing now? Now that the borders are open, you're going to be sitting here and competing with companies in Mali. If you were doing coconut water, you think that you're the only one who's doing it now. There's going to be various strengths that come to bear from the various sub-regions. And clearly, you have to be in a position to make yourself export ready, like Richmond said to us, and make yourself prepared to compete in that market. A significant thing that has come up in this conversation in the Ghana CEO Summit is that for companies which seek to invest in SMEs and um, companies that are startups, one of the critical things they look at is not what you say you are going to do. It's not what your business plan says, but it's what your books say. What do your books say? What do your numbers say? You know, just before we, we came on the show, I was having a conversation with my resource person whom um, I'm introducing um, very shortly. He is a senior finance consultant also at First Code Management Services, and he's been in the space for over 30 years with a great wealth of experience. And today he's taking the time out to join us and share some basic experience with us um, on the subject of our bookkeeping and accounting for small businesses, bookkeeping and accounting for small businesses. I was saying earlier that it's not what you say you can do, but it's the story that the numbers tell. Have you ever thought about getting a sort of software or a certain simple spreadsheet, even for yourself as an individual, to monitor your inflows and your outflows? When I say inflows and outflows, how much money comes into your pocket by way of revenue or income, and how much goes out of your pocket by way of commitments, taxes, or spend? And you'll be surprised to find out that most people are living beyond their means. And by that, I mean that they're spending slightly more than they're earning. That cannot be a correct form of math. If you're spending more than you're earning, then you're going to be borrowing. You're going to be in deficit. You can't do certain things. It is even more so critical when you do this as a business owner and you dip your hand in the coffers and you don't 
structure your payment systems and you don't keep your books. Oftentimes, when we go for facilities, we fix the numbers, we cook them nicely, and we get people who help us to do this thing, fix our mind, fix our attitude. <laughs> Let's do the right thing in our businesses. But the thing about fixing numbers is that once you fix the numbers, they must tell a certain story. And there's a trajectory to that story. If you say you are in position C, you must have gone through A and B. Now, when a finance person um, like Mr. Johnson, who has joined us this afternoon, takes a look at those numbers, he can tell that either you are doing some voodoo mathematics or there's something that doesn't add up. So he's going to be sharing those thoughts with us. Mr. Kwao DeGraft Johnson, Senior Finance Consultant, First Code Management. Mr. Johnson, you're welcome to this conversation this afternoon. Thank you for having me on your program. I'm super excited to have you because it's always important to go back to the basics. We're working to make money. I heard someone say to me once that, for example, some of our very strong business people in the Makola market, Ukaishi and other places, are running losses, but they think they're making profit. And the reason is that, for example... Let's say that they have an equity of about $300,000. Some of these women go to Dubai, they go to Turkey yeah. to shop and all of that. They go with dollars, I mean thousands of dollars, and they, they load containers and they come back. The value of that $300,000 they are holding could give them a return of about $1.5 yeah. okay, yeah. million. Dollars. Yeah. But at the end of a trading period, they make a million dollars and they say, I've made profit. Yeah. But the strength of your equity could have given you more. So you're actually running at a loss and not at a profit. Let's have a big conversation. Take us back to school, if you like, on some of the basic things that a company should look at in terms of its bookkeeping, in terms of its accounting, in terms of its financial management and financial prudence, if you like. And then at some point, we'll get interactive and get our our listeners to be a part of the conversation. Talk to us. Yes. Yes. As you're saying, you know, if 70% of the people setting up businesses are looking to see profits, Sustainable profits have been over a longer period of time. You find it strange that they are not interested in knowing whether they are actually making profit or not. Because the only way to know whether your performance is positive or not is having financial statements properly done. Now, when you ask people who have been in the field five, six, seven years of business, why aren't you having somebody prepare proper books of accounts for you for you to get credible financial statements. You'd be surprised at some of the answers. Oh, I don't want people to know my financial position. Oh, I'm dodging the taxman. I don't want the taxman to know. Whether. Some will even tell you that they are the ones running the business <laughs> and, and they are doing well. I mean, they know they are doing well and so forth. Now, the whole point is that what they may think, as you're just saying, what they may think is profit or whatever is not the way the accountant looks at it. There's a standard way of determining how you compute these figures. So if you don't compute them according to those, you'll be misleading yourself. See, we, 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 uh, an, another point that comes up is that, that what you just said during this conference, that there's so much money available now for startups, people in that space, for expansion and so forth. Even this COVID time, our government wanted to release money. Why did a lot of people struggle? Simple question. Can you bring your financial statements for us to look at in this pandemonium? See? So what we want to let people understand, perhaps, is to disabuse their mind of what bookkeeping and accounting is. We usually tell people, you, the owner, you have the skills to be a bookkeeper. When it comes to what we call accounting, then you need the accountant, somebody who has gone to school to follow the international rules of how this should be presented. 
So what are we talking about when we say bookkeeping? Bookkeeping is simply in three words. Recording all the events and transactions of the business in monetary terms because the unit for which we are measuring is money. Then we add that, can you also add what we call source documents? Anytime you are interacting, you get receipts, payment vouchers, invoices, way bills, petrol station, you buy petrol, they give you all those things. They just confirm the records that you are giving. So all you have to do is take a diary or a notebook. Any money you receive, write it down. Any money that goes out, write it down. That is essentially the elements of bookkeeping. And any business owner, you can do that. Just as long as you can read and write, you can do that. When you've done that, then you bring in the person you are calling accountant. So that bookkeeping is more like data, raw data, you understand? One has gone into some process to make it meaningful. We call it uh, information. Then you get what we call account results, which is uh, financial results for which you can make decisions. So what does the accountant do? He comes in recording. I mean, so that's what the bookkeeper basically is, a recording, right? Then he's taking what you've given him. He's analyzing it, classifying to various categories, whether something is what an asset or an expense or a sale or rent or whatever. Classifies them. Then he summarizes them. So by the time it's finished, you'll be able to know that, oh, your whole sales figure from January to December is X amount. This is the amount of uh, money you spent on salaries and so on. So it's put in a format recognized internationally because that's why we have uh, financial statements done in such a way that it's comparable with different, you know. Then you come and invite maybe an auditor to come in to make sure that it conforms with all the other things you see. So if you get that summary, which we call your financial statements. Most of us will know it as profit and loss statement. That will tell you whether you're making profit or not. Your balance sheet, that tells you the economic value assets you've got. That means you bought a car, you have computers, what, whether you owe people money, how much capital you put in. Those are put together and called balance sheet. The movements of cash that occurred, which we call the cash flow. Then if um, you took it further... Uh, we want to know the movements on the shareholder funds. Did the shareholder's value increase? Did he make profit or what? Did it go up or he added more capital? That also. And then if it's an audited statement, you have what we call notes of accounts. This will provide details of some of the figures which have been summarized in the main body. Right. So the added value is that you are able to interpret your performance and know if for two, three years, you'll be able to know whether you are making profit or you're not making profit. Because as you said, there are many people who are mistaking profit and cash flow. You can have numbers that show you are making profit, but you can easily tell you are not making profit because so many other things are not put in. But let me quickly say this. The bookkeeper, the business owner, he's likely to be able to capture uh, information on every transaction that involved cash. But there are other things that come into accounting. They are non-cash. For example, you bought a vehicle, you've used it over two years. Um, the accountant will come and tell you that the value, because of wear and tear, has reduced somewhat. So we'll use something we call depreciation to bring the value down. Those you may not know, because then he will use journals. I mean, he'll pass, 
you show you and then sign something to indicate for which you will approve about that. You might decide that you paid rent two years and think that all that is an expense. No. He will put it down and say, this is an asset. Every month you use, I'll bring some from that asset and then put it in your, you know. There are so many things like that that come into play. Then one other thing I need to chip in very quickly here, so I'm sure people wonder is, is that. A foreign investor comes into this country, a business that has been around for years, seven to ten years. <clears throat> You're doing well, seemingly. I say, give me your financials so that we can see whether we can go into partnership or invest. And the first question is, why aren't you declaring dividend? If you set up this business to make profit, and I see you never declared dividend, then uh, what is really happening? Then they begin to think, maybe this man has found a clever way of siphoning money from the company, and we don't know because, well, he's got figures. Uh, you look at retained profit, it's a very huge figure there. But is it genuine? You see, so they sometimes start to discount. And then if you give it to a financial analyst, and it was the accounts, well, if you created uh, your figures are not correct. There are so many indicators that one can use to determine that you can't depend on this. You know, the auditors will tell you true and fair, meaning that you can't actually say it's 100% accurate. <laughs> but within reason, you know, it's fair. I mean, it's not going to be uh, two, two percentage out here then in terms of variance, whatever. But it, that is, you know. And then also, because it will be used by different parties, um, the accountancy bodies want you to make disclosures. So they, they are prepared in such a way that if you took somebody's financial statements, because it's the financial statements that are selling that person. Everything you want to know about that person is supposed to be in those financial statements. So that is what the person is going to use to assess everything that you that. So it's very important for people to realize that um, it's your selling point. It's like uh, uh, if your CV or application to <laughs> for a job interview is not acceptable at that level, you are just thrown up. It, it has to meet a certain criteria. And those are some of the things that, you know, people are overlooking and... Uh, it's know. costing them. Yes, seriously. <coughs> and I'll talk about that later. Right. I mean, them? while we're having this conversation, something comes to mind very strongly that, you know, people set up their businesses limited by shares, limited by guarantees or partnership. They set it up with good intention to try mm-hmm. and do so. You know, they say the things I want to do, I'm not able to do. The things I'm not supposed to do, those are the things I find myself yeah. doing. So there's a bit of a, a deficit there. But I think that some of this is also informed by a lack of education. Yeah. So someone is listening to us, they're running a business and they're saying, listen, like shipping, like a few other things in this country. And good afternoon, my shipping colleagues. I used to be in shipping once, so this is nothing yeah. against the shipping industry. But there are areas here in our country in industry where people feel like, I'm afraid of this area. It's for those who know about it. So finance is one of those areas. that people who, you know, when it's hard to talk about numbers, they freak out. They don't understand it. They don't understand the terms. A business owner listening to us this afternoon thinks, once I get my money and I pay my workers, that's the end of it. What's all this conversation about? It's for those who want to sit on TV and radio and talk. But if you're a business owner, we're saying you must understand the basic things. Share with us a few basic principles. Revenue and income. What's the difference? Assets, liability. Why is it relevant to Kofi Mensa in Mataiko this afternoon who sells car tires and imports them? That's a significant business. You're importing. You're exchanging local currency for foreign currency to import. These principles apply to you. What are your assets? What are your liabilities? What is your revenue? What is your income? What is your profit? 
take us through some of those principles. You yeah. can talk about assets, liabilities, revenue, yes. income, liquidity, cash flow, okay. profits, depreciation. Yes. Take them one by one. Let's, let's, look let's at break some, them down. Let's look at somebody who actually, let's for the sake of it, say mm. he has 100,000 cash. Mm. And he says, I'm starting a business. Um, we'll call that your capital. That's your initial investment. I think that one everybody understands. Yes. Capital. Now, yeah. that money is going to go into expenditure of some sort. Mm. You chose to buy a car, that's an asset. Mm-hmm. Why am I calling it an asset? That vehicle is going to go over 12 months, going to be used over many years mm-hmm. to help generate some money for you. Your, co- your computer or the plant or machinery that you mm-hmm. bought, whatever you bought mm-hmm. in, right? Those are the things we call assets. Tangible th- things that are economic value, which you're going to use over a period of time to generate some returns for you. So if, if, if I, my, my product is fruit juice yes. or car tires yeah. or spare parts, yeah. when those spare parts arrive in my warehouse, they are assets to me. Yes. We'll call that inventory or stocks. Stock. Right. right? Because they have a value there. Please understand, that stock, when sold, is convertible to cash. It has a value. Mm. All right? Uh-huh. Uh, so the moment that it's sold, it's come out and you make profits. Mm. Uh, you know, you, you, you make sales. Sales. Now, the difference between all the expenses you incurred, mm-hmm. bringing the ties in, including a bit of the labor and whatever mm-hmm. that died to it, if you take it out of the sales, mm-hmm. that is when you are getting what we call profit. But mind you, maybe you brought 100 ties mm-hmm. and you sold 50. We are only going to account for sales for 50 of the ties because mm-hmm. 50 will remain mm-hmm. as an asset until it's cleared. Right. So it becomes an asset at some point, and it will move. So with things you buy and sell, the asset is transitory. It is there one day, it's not there the other time, Mm -hmm. right? So it's more liquid in a sense. Well, you talk about liquid. I was going to go to liquidity. Yeah. And perhaps I'll just give this analogy as well. So I had a conversation again here at Masterclass, I think a couple of years ago, and the resource person said, it's possible for a company at the end of a month, a given month, yeah. to have money locked up in credits yeah. and therefore not have liquidity. Yes. So they are not bankrupt, yeah. but they don't have liquidity. Yes. Explain the concept of liquidity yes. to a business owner. Yes. I'm asking this question so that people understand yeah. that, you know, say, oh, me will scour a name of warehouse, a name of warehouse, but the name of the warehouse, no, you haven't sold it. Yes. So uh, what is available to the business owner as liquidity, as cash, as stocks, as revenue. Big difference between re- revenue and income. Yeah. I mean, you are spending money to do the business. When you have gained the money as revenue, you must take out your overheads. Yeah. At which point you now declare profit. So I just want that clarity for yeah. some of our people who are listening yes. who need that education. Let me, let me use rent. Mm. Okay. You're going to pay for yes rent. That money is locked up. You don't have access to it. Mm. All you can do is use the premises for four years. Mm-hmm. But it has locked up your money. Yeah. Assuming you paid only one year, the three years you could have bought in treasury bills and got some money mm-hmm. available. Mm-hmm. Now, what we mean by this is that if you put the money in a non... So let's look at how cash. Mm-hmm. Cash and a bank is ready cash, mm-hmm. right? If you buy treasury bills, for example, mm-hmm. it's near cash because you have to discount before you get it. So it will take maybe a day or two. Mm-hmm. You, you get me. If you go and buy... Um, uh, you keep money in um, stocks, mm-hmm. depending on how quickly it moves. So the point you want to do in managing money is that why should you buy three months supply and lock up your money for two months, for example, when 
you can buy one and a half month supply because you're only using a month or selling a, a monthly total, right? That means you are managing your cash. It will always give you cash for something else. You see? Mm. Because as soon as you put it in something that's non-cash, you don't have direct access to it. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the reasons why some of the companies, especially some of the financial companies, is soon collapse. They are locked up money. You've given money out as a loan, and uh, somebody's coming and wants his money back. And you can't because you put it at a place you can't easily get it back as cash because you've contracted a person is giving to you over a 12 months period. Mm-hmm. It's like the stocks you got. You're going to sell that in six months. And so until six months come, you're not going to get all that money back, mm-hmm. assuming you sell them all. So that's the point that you need to manage cash. And you find out that um, these days, if you read up a bit, the people tell you they have what they call <coughs> just in time, mm-hmm. meaning that you keep minimum stock. The same thing with uh, many people are having this experience at a bank. They tell you, to, oh, why don't you do call account? Mm-hmm. Why don't you do a fixed um, deposit? deposit? One week, yeah. two weeks. Why don't you even buy one month treasury bill and so on? Mm-hmm. Just then because you look at your cash balance. You always have, say, 25000 minimum in your bank account. Mm-hmm. And it means that you're not using it. So the accountant can counter. Say, why don't you put about 15000 of it? Because we never really get to that place into some income earning something and that is also another way of managing your cash so you can just put it you you can put it in various you know some in deposits some in treasury bills so the one you need money you know you have it but it will give you some return and that's essentially what everybody's doing and that's what it means managing your cash Right. If you just tuned in, this is Masterclass here on your Superstition Joy 99.7. We're having a conversation on bookkeeping and accounting with Mr. DeGraft Johnson. I have another question for you. Explain to us the concept of depreciation. Yeah. I think the best is that many young men and women just can <laughs> like cars. You bought a brand new car two or three years ago and you've been using it. Nobody would tell you that it's come through some wear and tear. Mm. So the accountant says, you bought this car, let's say, at 100000 right? You've used it for two years. Theoretically, it shouldn't be at the same value. I'm saying this because in Ghana, you can buy a car <laughs> and then sell it at high because market value comes in. But mm-hmm. for the purpose of account, you, you came in as a value of, say, 100000 mm. And I say, okay, accountant principle will tell you, a car four years, five years at most. So we will decide that every year we'll take out if we're using four years, mm-hmm. a quarter of that value and say that that is the wear and tear. It doesn't mean that is actually the wear and tear, but mm-hmm. it's a, a, a notion concept we mm-hmm. use for mm-hmm. uniformity. Mm-hmm. So that will mean that at the end of, say, four years, on your books, it's no longer 100,000. It's all gone. And you probably put a figure of one just to show. Mm-hmm. But the car is there. It's in good condition. But the book value, mm. right? That's the difference. I mean, the book value is well, more or less nil. Mm-hmm. And that's why, for example, people have never understood if you work in some places like banks. And so it's fully depreciated. And then they give it some value, not to, and then sell it off. Mm-hmm. And people don't understand. But that is the point that in terms of accounting, it's at the end of four years, it doesn't have that value. What would you say is a bridge between that notional theory mm-hmm. of depreciation and the reality on the ground? And I say that because beyond the, the, the four-year straight line depreciation of five years at 20 or 25%, yeah. the vehicle still continues to work if it's a car yes. for about three or four years, and that is considered gratis. 
because yeah. the depreciation period has ended. Yeah. What would be the, the the connect for a business owner to say, listen, this thing is fully depreciated. It's no longer on my books. It's a notional theory, yeah. but I still have physical use of the, of the yeah. property. What would that mean to my accounting process? You see, the the, <laughs> the, 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 the difference is that you're looking at the value of an asset mm. and you don't want to give a value of an asset that um, is overvalued. Mm. I'll give a simple example. Somebody owed your company maybe 25000 at the end of January, an individual. Mm-hmm. So the, account, the auditors have come, they are working on that. Just around the time you are about to sign the accounts, the man died. And you realize that you will never recover that money. Mm. If you tell the accountant, you tell no, 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 then that asset is no longer really an asset. Do you mm. understand? Mm. It's mm. gone. So let's write it off as a mm-hmm. bad day because we now know. Mm-hmm. Are, are mm-hmm. you getting me? Yes. So each time, you don't want to put something in here because depreciation works very well in the West. You can't go and buy. That's why people say about this second-hand car very cheap. But here, because of the force of inflation and demand and supply, mm. that car that uh, you think, according to the book value, you can sell it and even get the original. <laughs> yes. So market forces <laughs> coming. price back. Yes. So it's because um, some companies take it as part of the incentives to keep their top management. That's mm. what the cars are. But if it's your private and you really wanted to sell and buy a new one, you would sell it. But accountants will look at it differently. You will get what we call proceeds, mm. the actual money that came. Because you have some values in your assets and mm-hmm. depreciation. You, you'd have to take those off now. Then compute whether you made a profit or not. So if it's fully depreciated, most of that proceeds is the profit. Mm-hmm. But if there was some residual value, you take it out first. So you would get p- proceeds profit on disposal, mm-hmm. and if there was any gross value figure, that mm-hmm. would go off, and then the depreciation, then it's the net book value that you're actually setting off. See? We'll be going for a quick break shortly, but let me just chip this in. For someone who's listening to us, how do they keep their books properly? They're a small company. They, they probably can't pay um, salary to hire um, a financial accountant or somebody to, to keep their books. How can they do this? We're talking about digitization. Um, at the conference I spoke about, there was conversation yeah. on digitization and the use of technology to help our businesses very quickly. I know that it's a big conversation, but just before we go on the break, what are some of the areas that a business owner can find help when it comes to proper bookkeeping yes. and accounting? One of the things we are doing at Fair School is tell you, you just started your business, come to us. Mm. We'll help you set up. We'll teach you a bit so that this big because mm-hmm. like I said that you can be your own bookkeeper because mm-hmm. that skill is available for you. You don't mm-hmm. require any specialized mm-hmm. training to be a bookkeeper. Mm-hmm. And we tell you the kind of things you must record. And then periodically we come and look at it to help you because you have mm-hmm. to start at inception. Mm-hmm. You know, and it doesn't really cost anything at this level. First code management services. I like the answer that you gave. Like we always say here on the show, when you need help with anything, any any area of expertise, shout. Ask for help. And when you're asking for help, talk to First Code Management Services and they will be able to help you. We'll put their number out before the end of the show, but we want to get interactive in a few seconds and so that we can hear your questions and your comments and your contributions to this conversation. How are you keeping your books in your company? How are you managing your company? Are you doing the right thing? There's money out there for companies who want to set up. The people are giving grants. It is people's business to support businesses like yours. They are getting money from investors, joint um, investors. People are putting money and saying, I want to invest. 
invest, private equity firms, $200 million, $300 million available. Some are actually targeted at businesses in Africa. Some are targeted at businesses in West Africa. There's money for you to do your business. How do you access that money? One of the best ways to do this is to keep your books properly. We continue with this conversation, but before that, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Your favorite on-air business development program, Joy Business Masterclass, is in session. And you can interact with us on Facebook via the Joy 99.7 FM or Joy Business pages. If you tweet, the handle is at Joy 997 FM or at Joy Business GH. Don't forget to hashtag JB Masterclass. You can also call us on 0302-216541 or send your questions and contributions through to the WhatsApp number 551 and our facilitators will address your concerns. Attention everyone, class is in progress. Welcome back. This is Masterclass. So if you're listening to us this afternoon and you own a motor vehicle of any kind, I've got some brilliant news for you from Goyle. Going cashless has never been this convenient and exciting. Goyle's e-payment systems are now compatible with the GH Link and the national payment platforms. Now, you can use your GH Link card on Girls POS machines to purchase fuel. GH Link card offers additional payment options for fuel purchases at Girls stations in addition to the Go card. Every fuel purchased is recorded automatically on your monthly bank statements, helping cardholders track and manage their expenses. So go ahead today and use your GH Link card to buy fuel and all lubricants from any of Girls over 400 stations across Ghana. Go cashless and protect yourself and stick to all the COVID-19 protocols in these times. Goyle, they say good energy. Goyle, Yenara, Yedia. You want to find out more about this information, drive to any Goyle filling station and ask them about the GH link card, and they'll be happy to share some information with you. We're interactive right now. We're also streaming live on Facebook for those who want to um, watch us as well. Numbers to call 0302216541. That's 0302216541. You can also send your comments to us on WhatsApp on 05511. One one nine nine seven. That's zero five five one 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 nine nine seven. Numbers to call again zero three zero two two one six five four one. Let's talk. Let's share ideas. Life is too short to make all the mistakes ourselves. Let's learn from each other. What are you doing in your company that is working for you? Share your experience. Let someone else learn from it. What are the challenges that you face in your business? Share it also, and let's also share some thoughts and be better for it, so that we can make our nation great and strong. This is, con- this is our own country. This is our own continent. No one will fix it for us. We have to do it ourselves. So while we're waiting for the phone lines to ring, Mr. Johnson, I have a question. A lot of our people um, import products. They import almost everything. Yeah. And so the conversation on exchange rates come to play. Yeah. I'm looking at concepts like, we've talked about depreciation, we've talked about all the other ones, but I'm looking at concepts like exchange rates, exchange yeah. losses, yeah. time value of money. Yeah. If I gave you 10,000 CDs today and I gave you 10,000 CDs in a week, the value of the 10,000 CDs has diminished depending on what's happening within the economy that you're going to use it. Time value of money. So sometimes when people are paying you money, they say, oh, meet you and I'll pay some more. You, you, what you are doing is that you are diminishing the value of that money. You're supposed to pay at a certain time. You don't pay. That is why banks will put interest rates at a certain level to hedge, to prevent you from causing them losses. Explain it a bit more for some of our business owners. Time value of money, exchange losses, exchange rates. Okay. Let's take petrol. As soon as the price went up, 
the same maybe 1,000 1, you're buying petrol, you get less liters. So that the value in terms of what you would have got maybe a week, two weeks back has reduced. Mm. That's what time value of money mm. should make you understand that mm. the purchasing power is reducing over time. Mm-hmm. Now, um, for companies that just import, right, you're always at the right, mercy of the exchange rates. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so you bring in at a certain rate and that's how you costed and mm-hmm. sold. If by the time you are ready to import, the exchange rate has gone up, it means that you need a bit more CDs than before. Mm-hmm. And the differential might show in your accounts that you are making what we call exchange losses. That means you are using the same amount of dollars, mm-hmm. but the, 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 the difference is coming in in terms of rates. So um, I owe you $100. I owed you in January. Now, if I ask you to bring back to me $100, right, mm-hmm. and you now had to go and buy it, you immediately see that when I gave it to you and you went to change it to CDs, maybe it was 5500 But now, to give it back to me in the same dollar, you've had to go and buy it maybe at 6000 mm-hmm. And that difference is the exchange difference, which is a loss. So, but with companies that both bring in and export there's a hedge because you, you are not losing out because you are earning foreign currency as well. Mm. So if you remember in Ghana at a certain point in time when the exchange rate was very volatile, if you went to a pharmacy, every Monday they program in the current rate and it will change everything. So every price was dollar-based because they had to hedge mm. against that. So it's very important if you have a government and it's able to maintain exchange rate, then you can plan. Because it becomes very volatile, then at every stage you have to do uh, projections about exchange rate in order to sell it at a price, you know, get a return enough to cover for the possible loss when you're going to buy. Um, um, at a, uh, you know. So um, the accounting way of doing it that you use a rate at which you executed the transaction. So if I buy something today, use the exchange rate. Tomorrow, use the exchange rate. But at the year end, then you'd have to, all the holdings, let's say you have bank account and it's in dollars, all those dollar holdings, convert it at the rate ruling at that day. Mm. So there are two two different rates. The transactional one and then the one you use at the balance sheet date to, to that's the best way to account for it. Mm. Mm. But it's complex when you have a company. You know, there are some companies who are subsidiaries and people are working with them. So you find you're preparing the account in cities. You're preparing euro. You're preparing dollar. And sometimes you find the, your figures are not here <laughs> because you have to just take a balancing figure and call it exchange differentials. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And mm. Uh, sometimes to the tax my mind, we're very happy with they want to see exactly what's coming. So you could or you may not <laughs> yeah. have tax obligations. I'm talking about tax. Yeah. It brings us to another you know, um, aspect of the conversation. Yeah. Once you want to benefit from grants and from people who want to invest in your business, both locally and internationally, they will do this according to the law because the taxman is interested, or should I say the lawman is interested in everything that happens in our country, including the way we do business. Now, for purposes of compliance, as we've spoken about earlier, you want to do the right thing. Doing the right thing means also being financially responsible, both to your business and to the state. That's where tax comes in. Oftentimes, you hear people say that businesses are tax agents 
of the government, yeah. which means that they have a responsibility to yeah, apply we'll correctly the tax law provisions. And so you find that if you have you are in a rental business, you know it used to be if it's residential, it used to be eight percent, and then I mean if it was commercial, it's fifteen. I hear now it's fifteen percent across board. If it's services, there's a percentage they bill. If it's goods, you know, and I, I'm I'm referring to um, withholding tax. There's VAT. There's all of that. Just discuss with us so that our business owners can understand, number one, why it's important to be responsible when it comes to tax. So that you can also easily access funding and you can operate your business peacefully and quietly. <laughs> the lawyers will say you shall peaceably hold and enjoy yes. your business and you will fall foul of the tax yeah. man. And also so that you can also do the right thing and keep your books. Yeah. In the conversation of bookkeeping and accounting, talk to us about the role of tax. Yeah. Basically, you know, because the rates of tax for various things are a bit complicated, um, it's not so easy for the business owner to just get up and, you know. So when you have one transaction, then it will not help you. For example, if you are just paying any salary, you know, they just give you a net, right? Then we'll come and show you how you build it. This is the gross or basic salary. This is the social security implications. You have to take this out, and then this is how you work out the tax and so forth. So we'll show you how. Then we'll tell you that, look, all these allowances are also subject to tax and show you what to do. So that's why we say we, when we get involved, we have to train you to know what to do, right? Now, the area that uh, people have a bit of challenge with is the withholding taxes on goods, Right, you want to buy a computer, you want to buy cement and those things. That often poses a lot of challenge to people because uh, nobody, it's a cash transaction, nobody wants any withholding and things. But if you're a well established business, so if you are an established and existing company, what we come to do is to give you a bit of tax advice because um, if your only protection is to record the right thing. Otherwise, when the tax auditor comes, he's going to make assumptions on your gross figures mm. and also calculate mm. penalties on it. But if you did the right thing, and especially if it's withholding, you are just being an agent to the, 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 the government. It's not so much as it's impacting directly on you. But if you don't, then the impact will come on you. So um, I think in the future, one of our tax people come here to explain, because the idea is to make you understand that you are in a regulated regime. Mm. And if you don't comply, you know, the government tries to do this by, if you want this, um, come and show your tax clearance certificate, show tax your credits, TIN number and tax, tax rebates. rebates and hey, the, 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 the market is changing. You know, it's becoming much easier to assess your tax credits and so forth and so on. And more and more people understand it. But the advice we tell that most things are taxable now. Mm. I mean, I mean, just about almost Let's take it at any kind of allowance or benefit you are getting, your donations, gift, your funeral, whatever it is. All those are subject to tax, but the taxman is not able to implement them all. Mm. But if you're running a business, the transactions will tell them which and which. So we tell people that if you did the right thing, you saved yourself a lot of money. Mm. For example, you ask somebody, why aren't you declaring dividend? And he's talking of dividend tax. That's what he's concerned about. But he doesn't see that not declaring dividend will cost him something because mm. why? That means you found some backdoor ways of collecting your dividend and so forth <laughs> and so forth. And when the tax man comes and is looking at some things, he can impute certain things. They yes. have their techniques. They have their techniques. You know? 
numbers to call again. We are interactive right now. This is Masterclass. Numbers to call 0302216541. Pick up that phone. Give us a call. We're talking about bookkeeping and accounting and good financial management of your companies. What is your personal experience in your company? Pick up that phone. Give us a call. 0302216541. Let's share ideas. Let's all become better for it. Or you can send comments on 055111997. You know, we had here on the show from KPMG, Richard Corey. Good afternoon, Richard, if you're listening to us. And he said something that one thing that we should know is that some of the wealthiest people in the world are people who pay attention to their taxes. You see, oftentimes we look at only one direction of tax, which is that the tax man is taking. But by law and by, I think by statute, the tax man also gives back a lot. It's yeah. just that we don't know. There are lots of yeah. things that they give back by way of credit. Yes. And I think that in another session, we can look at some yeah. of the things that they give back. If you have children who are in school, there's a tax rebate. If you're married, there's a tax rebate. If you're, um, what do you call it? You're, you have dependents, there's a tax rebate. I mean, I was surprised to find out that even your salary limits at a certain level, if you're a paid employee, also has rebates. You know, So it's not just one-sided. But I want to come to the area of attitude. I want to end with this. Attitude in our businesses, financial responsibility. What is What do you think is happening in our business and what advice will you give business owners? Oftentimes you hear people say, pay yourself a salary. Work the numbers so that it agrees with what's coming in, so that you are not taking more than the company's capacity. Don't just take from the gross. Don't take from the revenue. Take from the profit. Share with us very briefly if you like. And when you're done with that, share with us the details of first code management, how people can get to you. And give us your takeout for today. So we just end it together. Yeah. We're starting with attitude first. Yeah. The most before before you go quickly, yeah. I've got Charles in Casa. Charles says, "Can bookkeeping be practiced at home, and how the money is?" Don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March thirty first to get a hundred dollars back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 
Yes. The answer is yes. Yes. <laughs> Even as an individual, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, Charles, if you start from home, it's better. Then you can send it to your business. You take a diary, charity, diary record. Charity begins at home. <laughs> You'll be shocked to find out how much you are spending. Yeah. But please, by all means, try. Let's talk about attitude. Yes. Of spending for business owners. When you talk to business owners, you find out a lot of them haven't even decided what kind of salary mm. they should give them, you know. and so, spend on the go. Yeah. And so when you say, no, 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 you take a fixed figure and work with it. Mm-hmm. But they don't. So that also affects the kind of um, profit figure they get because... It, 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 it's as and when, mm-hmm. okay? Now, w- what we try to tell them, look, try to re- recognize that your business is separate from you and deal with it at a separate entity. So even transactions between you and the business. For example, you are using part of your house for a business and it's never occurred to you that if you rented the same portion, you'll get revenue. Mm-hmm. So in your books, there's no rent expense, but when we come in and tell you, no, this is an expense towards the business. If you're renting this place or whatever, do something to... In- if you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.